Ag State of Mind, episode 42. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Welcome back to this episode of Ag State of Mind, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show, we have fellow podcaster, Caitlin Dubin. Caitlin is the host of the Rural Woman podcast. She also is known as Wild Rose Farmer online. Um, Caitlin is a wonderful advocate for mental health and agriculture and telling your story of agriculture. She, um, I'll let her tell her story about uh, how she came into farming. Um, she is just a, Caitlin is a wonderful podcaster, a wonderful presence on social media, but even more than that, she's a wonderful person and I'm, I'm happy to call her a friend. Um, it's just so funny to call people friends. I never thought I'd be able to call people friends that I've never met in real life, but uh, I, I feel like I can do that with not just Caitlin, with but with so many people who I've met through being guests on the podcast, but and also reaching out to me um, from from listening to the podcast. It's just this is just a really cool thing that I've gotten to do is getting to know people. Um, you know, through social media and whatnot. So stay tuned to after this episode. Um, I'm not going to take any more time here today, but uh, stay tuned to after the interview with Caitlin to find out about some of the stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, really, some really, really exciting stuff and some stuff I'm really excited to be a part of. So uh, please stay tuned for that. All right, here is my interview with Caitlin Dubin. All right, Caitlin, thanks for coming on today. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I am too. I, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later, but, uh, you know, I think it's really cool to have someone who has the kind of passions that I do for, for both agriculture and mental health like you do. And, you know, I know you write about it and you have guests on and talk about it on your podcast very often. And um, I really appreciate that. And it, it's so nice to have, to know that there are so many people kind of pulling on that chain. Thank you. And I totally agree. When I came across your podcast, I was like, thank goodness that there's somebody else out here shouting from the rooftops about mental health and agriculture in the podcasting setting. So it was so great and such a breath of fresh air to find a podcast just like this to kind of just sit back and relax and talk about mental health in a way that makes it normalized. Yeah, no, I I agree. And it's not something that's always super easy to talk about. So, uh, you know, the more of us that do, the the maybe easier it will be for someone yeah, down the road. Absolutely. So if you don't mind, introduce yourself, kind of tell your story about, you know, how you came to be what you are today, which is, you know, most people know you as Wild Rose Farmer. Right. Yeah, it's uh it's a long story. How much time do we have? Well, I mean, let's, let's all the time it all the time it takes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try and make it the readers digest version for you. <laughs> so, my name is Caitlin Dubin and I am a farmer from Southern Alberta, Canada. I am a first generation farmer. I married into the farming business. I met my husband back in 2012. We were married in 2016, 
And it was never my intention to be a active member on this farm. I had a career and a life outside of farming and I was happy with it. But nine months into marriage and I'll say a mental awakening awareness <laughs> later, I don't like to call it a midlife crisis because I was too young, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to quit my career and jump headfirst into becoming a farmer. And within that time, I started sharing my story online. Back then, I was known as Farm Wifey Blog. That was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> and I started sharing my story just as a, becoming a farm wife and trying to connect with other women in agriculture to see what the heck I was supposed to be doing because I literally had no clue what it took to be married well, first of all, to be married, newlywed, it's yeah. exciting and kind of scary at the <laughs> uh -huh. same time. But then to be thrown into this whole other lifestyle that I had no idea about, it was like, what am I supposed to be doing? So I kind of just started sharing that way and asking questions and reaching out. I Googled like, what do farm wives do and all of this stuff? Because re really, like I said, I, I had no intention of becoming an active member on the farm. I just wanted to kind of do the bare minimum to get by. But I kind of realized like if I wanted my marriage and my life on this farm to be successful, I had to have a little bit of skin in the game. So like sure. I said, I wanted to try and figure out what I was supposed to be doing. So my uh, online presence, I suppose, has changed since when it started. So I'm more of an, um, I would say, a activist now for agriculture mm -hmm. and the women in egg, right? That, the good <laughs> kind. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically just encouraging women in agriculture to share their story. And yeah, it's it's been fun. I've gotten to know a lot of people through social media and my blog um, and my podcast. So it has been a great learning experience. And yeah, I, I, I'm a farmer now. Who knew? No, but honestly, if you would have asked, well, if you ask my mother or my father or any of my friends, they would have never, ever assumed that this would be my life. But here I am. <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny. I, I, I can relate not myself, but my that's a, that's a similar story to my wife. You know, she grew up rurally but not on a farm so like we met and you know it was like a it was like a total culture shock to her to come into this life that i had been so ingrained in um you know i'm third generation and it's just you know such a different lifestyle i mean you you explained it well and i i feel like you two could like swap stories and you know i remember the first time that she came over i we were getting some cows up just moving them from a lot to a I don't know. I don't remember what we were doing, but we we're just out there. And she had these flats on, you know, these flat shoes and they, she, she got cow poop all over them. And like, it was like, it was like her like baptism by fire through that. So it's always such a cool way to, to like kind of envision people just getting started in this life. It's honestly like a badge of honor for right? like a city girl to become a farm wife and always wearing the wrong shoes. There are still times I wear the wrong shoes, I won't lie. <laughs> but it's just, it is such a different lifestyle. And it's not like farming isn't a job. It's not a career. It's a lifestyle. And yeah, it's, um, it takes a lot to embrace it. And I think it takes a really strong woman to embrace it. So, so yeah, it's, uh, 
we're doing it. <laughs> so what what was the what was the biggest challenge for you as I think probably, you know, because you're learning to be a wife, um, you're learning how to be married. At the same time, you're learning how to change your lifestyle. I mean, that's that's challenging for sure, right? Right. It was a huge transition. And I I honestly was not prepared. I was not mentally prepared. I was not physically prepared. I was not prepared in any which way, shape or form, even though I thought I was. I thought, oh, well, like I've Googled like what it's like to be a farm wife. So when I get here, it'll be fine. But <laughs> it it was not fine. <laughs> it was an absolute culture shock. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me was just not realizing how much behind the scenes stuff that was going on mm -hmm. while my husband and I were were dating for four years. It's I would see him when he would come into town and I would come out for a tractor ride on Sundays and then I would go home and you know go about my day. But I didn't realize ignorance this, was bliss. <laughs> absolutely. And I didn't realize the stresses that were going on behind the scenes for everybody here on this farm so yeah absolutely ignorance is bliss yeah yeah it's uh there's you know i mean most people listening to this podcast can totally like understand like what you didn't understand for so long and then all of a sudden it just kind of like hit you in the face and uh but i i feel i mean just by reading you listening to you your passion for agriculture is is apparent and your love for it is just shows. So, I mean, you have obviously adapted well. I, I hope so. <laughs> there, <laughs> there are definitely some days I still don't think I've adapted very well, but for the most part, I definitely have. It's a, it's a lifestyle now that I just love and I embrace it and it's new and it's challenging every day. And it is just, I can't imagine doing anything else now. To be fair, I've lived this way for I mean, besides the five years I was in college, you know, 36 years I've lived this way and I'm still adapting to it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sometimes I'm like, oh man, is this really what I want to be doing with my life? But, uh, yes. you know, the good, the good <laughs> definitely outweighs the bad. So absolutely. So let's talk about your podcast, the Rule Woman podcast. It's a wonderful concept to kind of talk to people who are you who are women who are living rurally, living on a farm, uh, trying to be a voice for women in agriculture? So how did you how did you come to start that? I, I, I love these questions, how people come to start doing a podcast, because it, it, they're always so intriguing. It honestly happened just one afternoon while I was mowing some cover crop in the worst tractor that we own. <laughs> It was 30 degrees outside. There was no air conditioning. So I had all the windows open and the dust was pouring in. And I was sitting there thinking like, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> but um, I just, while I was mowing the cover crop, I, I like to tell this story and I always tell my husband to cover his ears. While I was mowing the cover crop, I was watching Instagram stories all at the same time. It's called <laughs> multitasking. Um <laughs> Yeah, and he wonders why my lines are never. Yeah, straight, why? Why, but... why was that not? Why was that not straight? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he found out why. <laughs> um, but I was watching these stories of the women in agriculture that I had been following and connecting with, and I just thought it was so interesting that each of us 
on our respective operations, whether it was a farm or a ranch or a homestead, we did a lot of things different. Nothing was the same, but at the end of the day, we all had a connection that we were women in agriculture and we went through similar struggles. We could be a shoulder to lean on for people who were struggling, or if somebody had a success, we could cheer them on. And I just thought it was so neat. And I honestly don't think that women in agriculture are celebrated enough. So with all of that being said, and all of those thoughts going around in my mind, I thought to myself, like, I have this blog, I have this platform, what can I do to further celebrate these women? And I thought to myself, well, I don't want a YouTube channel because then I would have to brush my hair and, <laughs> <laughs> and be on the camera and whatever. But I thought, I was like, what can I do? And I love podcasts. I sit on the tractor for hours and hours and listen to podcasts. I love all different types of podcasts. So I thought, why can't I start a podcast? So I came in that afternoon and I went up to my husband and I said, Justin, I have the best idea ever. I'm going to start a podcast about women in agriculture. And he said to me, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and <laughs> little did I know he was right. And I don't tell him. He was right. right. Yeah. I don't tell him that that often. So he really likes this story because he was right. But I just like, I had this feeling on my heart. So I went, sat down and Googled how to start a podcast. And I went through all of the stuff and yeah, realized it was a lot, it was a lot of work and it was hard and all of the stuff. And I went back and forth for about, uh, I think it was about eight months. I went back and forth with the idea of it. And I ended up even buying a microphone within this time frame, and there was dust on it before I finally like said, no, I am doing this. This is on my heart. I want to do this. So yeah, back in March, 2019 was when the Rural Women podcast was launched. And what I do on the show is I interview women in agriculture, whether that's ranching or homesteading or farming or agribusiness or anything in between. And I share their stories and I've, interviewed countless women who have said to me that my story is not that interesting. And the response that I get from their interview is overwhelming. There are so many people that they have connected with through sharing their story because there's people that are like, I've gone through that too, or I had those feelings too, or that's happened to yeah. me, right? So just to know that we're not right. alone mm -hmm. and that we should be celebrated as members of your operation, I think that for me is, is my biggest why is because I want to celebrate these stories and these women and the legacy that they're leaving on their operations. I, I feel so strongly about the importance of women in agriculture because, you know, I mean, and then this is, this is, you know, somebody talking from the other side of it as obviously a man. And, you know, it's, it's been a male dominated field for, you know, as, you know, as long as, you know, there's, there's been, you know, agriculture. I mean, it's just, that's just how it's, how it's been for so long. So to have this fresh female perspective that is, you know, I feel like is really gaining some traction here in the last couple of years is, is really refreshing because it brings some new topics to light and it, it addresses some things that, I think were typically swept under the rug or ignored or, you know, not given their due attention. It, 
because women like you and so many of the women that you you have interviewed on your show are are bringing those to light and bringing a fresh perspective and i i can i can really appreciate that because i always kind of liken this to my own story is i didn't start doing things differently until my wife stepped in and told me i should you know for lack of a better word and she uh you know kind of helped me come to realize what was really important and i feel like that is a such a wonderful perspective to have from a woman because it's it, the women the women in agriculture are so strong and they're so full of great ideas and it's a it's a perspective that is so needed absolutely and i just think that women in agriculture deserve the seat at the table and whether that's in their own operation or whether that's sitting as a board member or if they are in agribusiness, they deserve the same amount of respect and the same amount of seats at the table as anybody else should. So I I totally agree. And I was, you know, I was very happy to see this this past year, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, you know, we had a woman president, um, not in, in 2019. And, you know, I thought that was refreshing. I, I feel like because, you know, the, the quickest way to, to go broke or to go under is to not have new and fresh ideas. And having that is, is, is really a great perspective. Absolutely. And it's not to say that men don't have new ideas or are not innovative or anything. Of course. Right. Right. No. And I, I'm always like, on the line like of being like yeah women in agriculture but everyone else is equal too right so sure yeah no 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 of course yeah <laughs> although i only interview women i believe that men are also important in agriculture so you are also important sure. jason <laughs> well thank you i'm glad somebody thinks yes. so <laughs> so one and we 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 hit on this in the in the very beginning of the episode and one of those perspectives that has kind of been light has been cast upon it and women in agriculture have played no small role in this is addressing the mental health crisis issues that are going on in agriculture and you talk about this you blog about this you you interview people on your podcast about this and um, it's something that is really i think really starting to it was really coming to the forefront in the last couple of years. And then this whole deal with COVID-19 hit and it's just throwing just a whole new set of issues and problems into it. And I feel like people talking about it is coming at a, it's, it's, it's very timely. And I just want to know wh why and how did you get started talking about this and addressing this using your platform? The whole the reason that I started sharing my story of my mental health journey was more or less to help me along in my own mental health journey. So like I mentioned back sure. in the summer of 2017 with my mid-midlife crisis and whatnot, my rediscovering mm -hmm. of who I was supposed to be, <laughs> my mental breakdown, if you will, um, <laughs> I uh -huh. honestly for me to share my story was so scary. And for me to even get started, even to identify that I had a mental health crisis myself was a huge deal for me. So it was something that I personally kind of pushed to the side and pushed under the rug and said, no, I'm fine. Like, this is just how I'm supposed to feel. 
And eventually I had to look at myself and say, I'm miserable. I'm making my poor husband miserable and everybody around me miserable. Like what is wrong with me? So I had to take a deep look inside myself. So with the help of my doctor and my therapist, I kind of figured out what was going on in my head. And I, I was diagnosed with chronic anxiety. Like it was something that I've lived with Mm -hmm. for however many years of my life. And it wasn't until somebody said, this is what you have and this is okay. Like we can help you and we can fix this and make it manageable for you. It was like, whoa, like, why didn't I think of this sooner? Why didn't I do this sooner? And for me, it was just like a light bulb that went off. It was just like, the more normal that we make this, the more people will go get help. And I I had reached out and I started listening to podcasts about mental health and people were talking about this openly. I was like, wow, I hope one day that I can get there to talk about this openly. And then I just started. It just started by talking about a bad day that I had and switching my mindset or doing whatever it is that I needed to do, which is which includes taking medication for my anxiety. And that was something I know back in mm-hmm. 2017, I was so ashamed of. I felt deep shame yep. for having mm-hmm. to take something for me to be quote unquote normal. And now it's it's something that I talk about openly with people. And you know, for some people it works, for some people it doesn't work. And there's people, you know, just the stigma right. around it. Right. Like, I just want the stigma to go away because if this is what you need to feel good, then why wouldn't you, right? Like if you break your arm, you're going to wear a cast, right? Of course. So I, mm-hmm. You're going to take ibuprofen. Exactly. Or, if you, you have know. a headache, all of yep. these things, right? So mm-hmm. that yep. for me was just like the huge turning point for me. As soon as that kind of switch went off, it was like, yeah, I can openly talk about this. And if I help one person by doing it, then that would be great. And for me to kind of bring my own mental health journey into the agriculture world, it was actually, I attended a conference and Leslie Kelly, who was on your show before, Mm -hmm. she was hosting. And yours. Yes. Yeah. She was my good friend from Saskatchewan, Leslie Kelly, um, <laughs> she was presenting at a conference that I went to and I found out about the Do More Egg Foundation. And I was like, whoa, like this is really cool. Mental health and agriculture, who knew? And then it wasn't until mm-hmm. then I started digging deeper and deeper and deeper to find mm-hmm. the crisis that is mental health and agriculture. And that's when I was like, yeah, my journey might have started before me coming into agriculture per se, but now that I'm in it and now that I'm here and now that I'm facing the same or similar struggles that other producers are facing, like this is a crisis and this is something that needs to be addressed and talked about. I've got like chills right now because our stories are so similar, like so similar, but you know, I, I mean, I have had anxiety probably since I started college and I didn't realize that I had that until a therapist told me I had that. And, you know, like you, I take medication and, um, like you, I was very nervous to tell anybody and was ashamed that I had, I felt like I was broken because I had to take medication for something that, that was like, I thought, I thought it was me being mentally weak and not being man enough. 
by having to take this medication and which is crazy to me because I make a living, you know, I mean, besides being a cow calf operator, I I'm a pharmacist, you know, I make my, I pay, I pay right. my mortgage by dispensing medication. So like how backwards of me to think like thinking of that now is just crazy to me because, you know, I mean, I spent years training and wor years working and um, to, to, to think about this as you know, that is something I was ashamed of is so crazy to me. But then I just like the biggest help for me, honestly, was sharing my story. And I'm interested to know, is it easy for you to now just like share it? Like it's no big deal. Like talk about it. Most days. Yes. But then there are definitely yeah. some days where I am just in a place where I can't talk about it. And Sure. Once, but honestly, once I get out of that place, I'm able to kind of look back and then share from there. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. There's days where I'm like, yeah, I want to share and I want to be an advocate. And then there's other days I'm like, I don't want anybody to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I get that. That's the way, I mean, that's the way I am, but for the most part, and like you say, most days I will, I will talk to anybody who will listen to me about it because it has changed me and not changed me as, you know, I'm a different person, but I'm a better version of myself because I addressed anxiety head on. And, and like you, I dug into mental health and agriculture and I knew it had to be something like I just had this it, just feeling that it had to be something that was affecting others because it was affecting me. And, you know, I first person I talked to uh, my, my friend, Tim Hamrich, who has the future of agriculture podcast. He was one of the first people I reached out to and talked to about, you know, potentially starting a podcast. And he's like, number one person organization you have to come is 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 the do more agriculture foundation and leslie kelly and you know just getting on their website and just like it was like just total shocker and total like wool pulled from my eyes to see the work that they were doing up there north of the border and but what's what's a great thing about it is even though it's a canadian thing the work they do crosses you know knows no borders you know i mean that's global the the reach that they can have because of the power of sharing online and i anytime anybody i can i can i i sing the praises of the do more agriculture foundation because it was one of the biggest influences in me getting this off the ground absolutely and i feel like since i had the pleasure of seeing Leslie Kelly do a presentation about mental health and agriculture at a conference that it seems about every conference that my husband and I go to since then now has some either breakout session or it's in the main conference room and they're talking about mental health and agriculture, whether people want to hear it or not. And I think that's so right, powerful yeah. because it's something that's swept under the rug. And I don't think a lot of people, unless this is an open conversation that they have within their family or their community or their neighbors, this isn't something that we just bring up at the dinner table. Right. Yeah. Because it's been just something you just, you know, you suck it up, you deal with it. You know, if you, you shouldn't have gotten to farming if this is, you know, if this is going to bother you so bad, I mean, or in or countless other phrases that, you know, you've heard either uttered to you or you've uttered to yourself over the years and to know that those are you know that you don't have to say those things that it is actually okay to you know have these issues that you deal with and know that others are dealing with it too and i think that's the biggest the biggest power in this is 
knowing that others are struggling too, that is, for me at least, that is, that's, that's where most of the power of this comes from. Absolutely. And just the sense of knowing that you're not alone, I think is, is super powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Knowing that, you know, we're all, we're all facing like, and I, I, I go back to COVID-19 and, and what's happening with the markets and with demand. And, you know, prior to that, it was uh, trade or, you know, the other side of activists, you know, gnawing at us, you know, whatever it is, there's so many layers to this, but knowing that we're all being equally affected and knowing that all these things are, are, are gnawing at all of us, you know, we, we find a solidarity with that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like you said, it's global now. It's not just one country is feeling this. It's the entire world is feeling this. And yeah, I know there the markets and all of the things due to COVID-19. It's just, it's scary and it's sad. But I think after all of this is said and done, there's going to be some real conversations had about how our systems and our markets work now. And I think or at least I hope there'll be some good conversations and some good changes that will come because of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it will. And, you know, it, agriculture as an industry is resilient because it has to be, it has to have been to survive. Um, and also I think it's refreshing to know that agriculture is necessary as well, because, you know, let's face it, we wouldn't have anything without agriculture. I mean, that's the basis for civilization. And for us to, I think for us to always kind of keep that in the back of our mind, keep that in our kind of hip pocket and, and, and know that going forward, I think that's, I think that can only be encouraging to know that, you know, yes, I mean, things are tough, things are challenging, but at the end of the day, we're essential. Uh, yes. We have to be here for society to function. That kind of made me feel good to know that I was an essential service throughout all of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> when some days you don't feel super appreciated by the general public and you're kind of just there. And then to have like a Google Doodle dedicated to farmers, that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. And, you know, make you kind of feel like you're not forgotten in this. And to know like, and if, if, if something does, I mean, one great thing, I mean, being out of food on the shelves is scary, right? So to understand that people like are like cognizant of that now, and maybe they may forget someday. I don't know. Maybe I hope they do. Maybe I hope maybe it's, a, and I've said this before, like if you take agriculture and where your food from for granted, that's, maybe almost a good sign that you're living pretty, you know, pretty decently because yes. uh, your, your society is thriving because you don't have to take it for granted. So, you know, but, but at the same time, having something like this happen makes you realize, like, makes you question, like, where did this come from? Where did this break? You know, where did the, where did the supply chain, you know, somebody was affected by this and this something didn't happen for this to get to the store the way it should have. And, you know, making people stop and question it as, as devastating as this has been, you know, it maybe kind of shines a light on things a little bit better. Absolutely. And I've heard this over and over again, people saying like, they can't wait for things to go back to the way they were back to normal. And the fact of the matter is it's not going to go back to the same. It's not going to be normal again, mm -hmm. because these questions are being asked about where the supply chain broke. Like why, 
why are there no, why is there no food on the shelf or why is there no toilet paper on the shelf? All of these things, right? Like more and more people are asking these questions and they're doing the Googling and they're doing the research to see where their food and where their products come from. So I think, like I said, it's going to be super interesting when all of this is said and done, which honestly, I hope it soon. Not that I leave the farm a whole lot, but I would like to be able to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I know. You know, I take it for granted that I, I I do leave every day and come home. And, you know, so like my day to day hasn't been affected so much. But, you know, my kids and my wife, you know, they're here all day long, all by themselves. And like, you know, I can tell like I can I can feel like how palpable them wanting to go somewhere is, you know, because we live out in the middle of, you know, we're, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes from town, any town. And, you know, it's, you know, to know that like civilization is still around would I think would be nice for them. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I, I know like a couple, like a couple of the boys will go with me to the other farm. We have another farm that's down the road a little bit. So they'll get out of the house. But like the couple, the other two boys, the younger boys, they, there was like two weeks he didn't leave the farm, you know? So um, it's just, it, it's crazy how things have changed. Right. But on the flip side, how truly blessed are we that we get to be out in the farm and out in the open 100%. versus like a tiny yes. little apartment in downtown wherever. So <laughs> could you, yeah. And I, I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine like, and I, I was talking, I have a friend who lives, uh, he lives in a suburb of St. Louis, which is, you know, he's about an hour and a half up the road from me. And uh, I was talking to him and, you know, he didn't even live in an apartment. He lived in a subdivision and he like, he was talking to how crazy he was going. And, you know, he lives in a, in a decent sized house in a subdivision. So, I mean, not even as bad as it could be like in a, like a, an apartment in St. Louis, you know, in downtown or something. And like, talking to him like yeah wow I've got it pretty good you know yes. we've got you know acres and acres and you know like I can totally do whatever I want to and not be affected and yeah that's awesome that's really a, a bright spot in this and I I like that you kind of flipped it around to the bright spot because you know that's what we're trying to do right we're trying to make right we're trying to talk about the good stuff and uh, you know that's definitely a positive yes for sure so I want to, I know I want to be respectful of your time and I know we are kind of running short, but I want to, one final question for you is I want to, I want you to kind of step back before you got started and what advice would you give to not just women, but anyone, a man to, who is thinking about sharing their story of agriculture online and what would you, what would you suggest to them? What would you talk to them about? That's a good question. I think what I would say to them is that I know it's scary and I know it's hard to put yourself out there, but I promise you there will be at least one person that will resonate with your story and it could affect them in such a positive way. And to know that your story could affect somebody in a positive way it's it's a really powerful thing to know that you've either helped somebody or you've made them laugh or you can commiserate with that one person. I think knowing that, like we've we've said it a million times, knowing that we're not alone in this is such a powerful thing. And I think that if you have it on your heart and on your mind that you want to start sharing your story, there's no reason that you shouldn't. Um, I think that there are a lot of people out there and I hate to say it, 
are out there for maybe the wrong reasons of the popularity mm -hmm. contest or whatever it is. The vanity. Yes, right. of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think everybody can agree that they've been there at some point. But honestly, once mm -hmm. you get past that point, that's when you get to the good stuff. That's when you don't care about if you lost a follower or two, or if you said something that somebody didn't think was that funny or whatever it is. Once you get past that point, like that's the good stuff. And that's when you really start connecting with people. And that's when you can really show your true authentic self online. And it's funny to me because I'll be walking through the grocery store or I... I'll go to the gym or whatever it is and people will come up to me and they're like, I love following you on Instagram and they're a complete stranger to me. And I'm just like, do you even have a farm? Like, why do you follow me on Instagram? And they're like, you're just real. You just show up and you act like who you are. And you know, that's something that I can say I'm there now. I definitely went through phases where I, I can say I honestly wasn't, but I'm, I'm happy to be at the place I am now and sharing my story and, if you think it's funny or if you think it's relatable or if you think whatever, that's great. Like I'm, I'm happy to connect with you and I'm happy to share my life here on the farm with you. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's, it, 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 it really is. And you, you said it perfectly. Like there are like certain phases that you go through to like kind of be accepting of it. Like, I don't know how many stages there are, but you know, I can understand like being nervous and then, you know, worrying about the, you know, the, well, or what are people going to think, but then getting past that and just doing it anyway, like you said, the just getting to the good stuff and just being your, being able to be comfortable being yourself that's awesome. And I'm just getting there to that. And I can, I can attest to you that that is like all the, all the hard stuff that you have to go through at first is totally worth it to kind of come out on the other side. And, and I think another thing that you said here that is really key is if you help one person or if you, there's one person that really enjoys you, then it's 100% worth it. And I have this one, I have that one person and, and I, hopefully there's more, but I, I know of this one person, he knows who I'm talking about. He listens to every podcast. He's not even really directly involved in agriculture, but uh, he's told me how much he, he enjoys and how much I've changed his life. And I'm like, me? Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm just me, you know, and, but just being yourself can mean the world to somebody else. And that is, I mean, that is so golden to, to have Absolutely. someone tell you that that is awesome. Right. You know, well, and to have somebody tell you that you've changed their life or you've helped them in some yes, way, like help them. That's, yep. that's heavy. Like that's a heavy load to bear for a person, but honestly, it's so humbling and it is so great the work that you're doing on this podcast and honestly i always like to think about this too to connect with other people in agriculture is great but we also should be connecting with people outside of agriculture so we can yes and i hate to use the word educate because i'm not a teacher i'm not here to educate you i'm here to share what I know and what we do here. And if that resonates with you, if you're interested in that, I think that's super. And I think the yeah. more real information that we get off of a farm to urbanites is, is great. It's golden. Like that, that's the information that needs to be shared too. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, 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 I feel the same way that it is just as, or maybe more important to connect with those people outside because and I, I i 
kind of grown to despise the word educate too, because, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not a professor or anything like that. I'm not an expert by any means, but to maybe inform them and, you know, give them a good idea of what's going on is, is super important. Yeah, exactly. And then they can go from there and gather all of the information that they have and they can form their own opinion. And I think that's a powerful thing too, is to be able to be educated or have enough information, enough of your own to be able to form your own opinion that, you know, you're not just following the trendiest hashtag or looking at the headlines on Facebook of, I I hate to say the word animal activists because they're scary to me, but you know, for somebody who doesn't know what's going on on a farm, they see all of these images and they're, yeah, it is scary to see that. But if you don't know the context behind it, then yeah, it's, it's really hard to form your own opinion. Yeah, no. Yeah. And if you, if that's all, you know, that's all, you know, and you know, we have to do the best job we can of telling the real story and informing them about what's really happening. Because if not, they're going to form their own opinions based on what they already have. And being able to put as much content out there, no matter who it is, 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 you know, is, is crucial. Exactly. So yeah, to go back to your original question, the long answer is if uh, somebody is nervous (laughs) or uncertain about sharing their story in egg, that's normal. Everybody's been there, but honestly, just start and it gets easier and just be your true authentic self as much as possible. Don't fall into vanity metrics. They don't matter. Mm -mm. Right. Yep. And uh, just be you. Yep. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, Caitlin, I I am very appreciative of you coming on and having a conversation with me. Um, You're somebody I admire. I I enjoy your podcast. I enjoy your writing. I enjoy your Instagram, everything. So I feel I feel honored that you accepted my invitation to come and talk on this podcast. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing here thank, on the podcast. Thank you. Where can people find you online? They can find me basically anywhere at Wild Rose Farmer is my handle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, my website is wildrosefarmer.com. And the Rural Woman podcast is available for download wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can stream over on wildrosefarmer.com. Get one more favor. Can, can yes. you tell me, this is my favorite thing for any Canadian to say, can you tell me you're sorry? Can you tell me you're sorry? <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know what yes. you're talking about. <laughs> that was oh, the best. Boy. That made it complete. I would not, I was hoping you'd say it throughout and I wouldn't have to ask you to say it, but you didn't. So no. I, I had to get you to say it to me. oh too funny and see i think you guys have more of an accent than we do so i don't know what you're talking about i don't know ma'am i don't know (laughs) the first time that a podcast guest called me ma'am i was like giddy i was so excited (laughs) and you know i don't talk with like i feel like i don't have an accent at all and i talk to you know when i talk to somebody from florida or alabama or texas you know like i i I, I feel like I talk like a Yankee to them, but, uh, well, even the way that you just said Alabama, like to me, that is a big accent. Right there, Jason. 
Well, I am, <laughs> my roots are actually in Arkansas. So like I have a little bit more of a, a Southern kind of dialect than a lot of people around here. It's like, it's like hit or miss in, in this area. Like you're either South or North here. It's like, we're right on the line. <laughs> and see in southern alberta some canadians think we sound like americans and then the people out east like i can't understand anything that they're saying and then we have french people too and i can't understand oh, french wow. i don't speak french like i said before we started recording i'm not a very good canadian i can't speak french and i can't stand the snow so <laughs> so, so do and, and we're letting this kind of roll here, but I got to like, so are there like French people like throughout Canada? I was, I only thought they were like in the, the super East of like Quebec. Mostly just in Quebec and uh, in the Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, that kind of area. They, they speak more French out there than I would say Albertans do. And I'm sure there are tons of Albertans who are listening right now. And I'm sure some of them speak French, so I can't speak for everybody, okay. <laughs> but me, I don't know. You don't do it. Gotcha. <laughs> no. <Nope. Okay. laughs> I, uh, I think I got kicked out of French class for talking too much. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. I couldn't imagine yeah. you talking too much. <laughs> Honestly, I am a super introverted person. Are you really? For I am completely introverted and I like to call myself an introverted extrovert. Like I have to basically like pump myself up to have conversations and do podcasts and interviews and all of these things. And then after this, I will go sit on the couch and be a hermit for like the next three hours and not say a word. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you never know. Yes, right. exactly. You never know. <laughs> well, cool. Well, Caitlin, thanks again. I, I really appreciate the time tonight. This has been so fun. Thank you so much, Jason. Yeah. All right. Thanks for sticking around with me. So the few things I want to talk to you guys about, um, I was contacted by Marissa Plesha of, um, she's from the Midwest Center for Investigative Reporting. And she was working on stories, a lot of stories focusing on the pandemic, uh, the COVID pandemic and how it's affecting stress and rural America, and especially in the Midwest regions. And she, uh, she had an article where she was gracious enough to include our podcast as a resource for people to listen to during these times. Um, she also reached out to me and she said she is, is cre she created a Google form about stress on the farm and we're hoping to receive some responses from farmers themselves. Um, since we talk about this pretty openly here on Ag State of Mind, I, she reached out to me and wanted to see if I would share this with the audience. So I'm going to post this Google doc on my, on the Ag State of Mind Facebook page. So, um, I will also post a link to it on the website, agstateofmind.com, for those of you who do not have Facebook, to go out and uh, kind of sh share your story of what's going on in your uh, part of the world while uh, while COVID is happening. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a really important thing that we talk about this while while it's all going on so we know that we're not alone so we know that things are uh i think we suffer better when we know that there are other people going through the same things we are so um it's in a safe way i it's it, i believe it's anonymous um if it's not i will be sure and, and let people know but from what i know it is anonymous so um really cool uh thing that that they have put together there 
Okay, in a couple of weeks also, something else that's coming up, uh, Thursday, July 30th, uh, there's a webinar being put on, on by the folks over at AgriSafe. You may recall our first bonus episode was with the girls from AgriSafe talking about uh, COVID-19 in rural America. Uh, this is something, this is a webinar that's kind of uh, dealing a little more in specifically in mental health. It's called Mental Health in Farm and Ranch Countries, How Communities Can Help. It's a webinar put on by AgriSafe. Uh, it's Thursday, July 20th excuse me, Thursday, July 30th, uh, from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. Um, I, in a couple of weeks, I will be talking with Tara, um, Tara Haskins. She is a doctor of nurse practitioner over at AgriSafe. Um, she's heading up their total farmer health program, and she is uh, going to be on here promoting that. So look forward to hearing from her. And, a, and then in a couple of weeks, too, I'm not sure exactly how the episodes are going to line up, but I have reached my the I, I have reached the person I wanted to the most when I started this podcast. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I got the great opportunity to interview Dr. Temple Grandin this week. Um, she was as advertised as a brilliant mind and as someone that I just hope to maybe get a pinky fingers fingernails worth of info out of her um, just to be able to just fill my brain with so much. And it, it was it was such a great conversation. I'm so excited for people to, to listen to it and um, so appreciate all the people who helped make it happen. Uh, it's really cool. So stay tuned for that. So, all right. I appreciate you all staying with me on this end of this episode to let some the, some business be taken care of. Um, go check us out. Uh, keep up to date with us on all the social media platforms. This was Ag State of Mind with Jason Meadows. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.